This is Perspectives, the show where an examination of our many differences often shows us how much we have in common. I'm Condice Presley, and yes, I do understand that overnight, the calendar changed. It is November 1st. Yes, that means it's a new month, and that means it's no longer October, which is the month where we spent a tremendous amount of time focusing our attention and raising awareness about breast cancer and breast cancer research. Well, if you've listened to the program for any period of time, and I've been doing it for more than 25 years, I always try and bring someone in to raise awareness during the month. All right, I missed it by a day. But we have a very, very, very important conversation to have because during the month, the American Cancer Society came out with this big story, big news, and you heard it, you saw it, revising its advice on when women should start getting their mammograms and how often. The Cancer Society's updated guidelines now recommend annual breast cancer screenings to begin at age 45 instead of 40, and then once a woman is 55, switching to every other year. That's what was said, but there has just been so much confusion and differing opinions on whether or not that is the right thing for a woman to do. I wanted to make sure that we had an opportunity to talk to some experts in the area, perhaps answer some of your questions about what might be right for you and your situation, especially because here in the metropolitan Atlanta area, we have a very high incidence rate of breast cancer. The number of deaths are high. Late stage diagnosis rates are high. This is just really something that that women in this city and in our state need to focus on. And that's why we've asked Katie Diamond Stone, the executive director of Coleman Atlanta, to come in and talk to us. And Katie's been with us before. She is a breast cancer survivor. And I was happy to give you the opportunity, Katie, to come in, take the mic, and, and first of all, react for us to the uh, the guidelines that were released by the Cancer Society last month. Well, I must be frank, and I'm disappointed by these new guidelines, especially living in a city like Atlanta where women are dying because they're being diagnosed at a later stage. Early detection is so important. And I feel it personally because I benefited from an exam when I was 35 years old that detected breast cancer for me. And had I not had access to that exam, based on these new guidelines from the American Cancer Society, I don't, I feel pretty clearly I would not be here talking with you today. Now help me remember your story. I don't, I don't think there was there was cancer in your family, but you discovered a reason that you needed to go in and get checked. Is that right? Well, it was discovered at a routine gynecology exam where they perform a clinical breast exam. And the, That's right. And the American Cancer Society new guidelines do not recommend clinical breast exams for any woman at any age with a claim that it doesn't lower breast cancer mortality. But it certainly did in my case and in the case of many others. And so I worry that these new guidelines are taking us in the wrong direction. So what kind of guidance is Komen giving to your clients, the folks that you serve, and what do we want to make sure that our listeners hear, know, and do today? Well, the Komen guidelines have not changed, and I want to be very clear about that because we don't want people to be confused. Komen recommends, and will continue to recommend, that women have their initial screening for a mammogram starting at age 40. These are women of average risk. What average risk means um, really determines, is based on your family history. So we want every woman to talk to their doctor. You might need a screening mammogram before the age of 40. So talk to your doctor about when you need to start that. But for the average woman, start at 40. Also for the average woman, the clinical breast exam, which is the touch, the palpation exam that you get at your physical every year, have that every year 
starting at 40, and every three years starting at the age of 20. Now, those are the Komen guidelines. The Katie Stone guidelines are have a clinical breast exam every year. Go to your gynecologist every year, have that exam, because they know what they're looking for, they're experts, and it is a very simple, life-saving screening tool. What do you think was the rationale behind the revision in the guidelines? Because especially when it comes to women's health, in the last five to seven years, normal exams that we often get, a group of doctors have done a study, and then there, or the government has commissioned a study, then there's this release, and it seems as if the message to women is, maybe your health is not quite as important, you need not be screened for these routine illnesses that, if caught early, can be cured. Well, these guidelines from the American Cancer Society are based on big data points. So they took an awfully large sector of the population, and they had some economists and some very smart people, but look at this data and look at the statistics. But there were no breast surgeons on the the panel. There were no oncologists on the panel, no doctors on the panel at all. And we, people were looking at women as statistics. And I don't feel like a statistic, and I don't want anyone to feel like a statistic. So the idea that screening should occur later, to me, is very misguided. So when you had that routine annual exam when you were 35 and something was discovered, tell our audience again what happened after that and how are you today? So it was discovered at age 35 by my gynecologist, and it was a very aggressive form of breast cancer. So it was stage three when it was diagnosed, which meant it had moved from my breast into my lymph node. And because it was so aggressive, it meant I had very aggressive treatment. So I had five months of chemotherapy, 16 treatments, a mastectomy, six and a half weeks of daily radiation, and then numerous reconstruction surgeries. But the good news for me is even though it wasn't caught early, there was a drug developed through funding from Susan G. Komen that literally saved my life. It targeted specifically this aggressive type of breast cancer that I had and eradicated it. So I'm here five and a half years later to do this work and help other women um, because we need to continue to provide better treatments and find the cures. But again, now the best thing that we can do for each other is to encourage everyone to have early detection because if you're diagnosed at stage one or stage two, so early, you have a 99.9% five-year survival rate, which is amazing. Tell our audience about Komen, the money this raised. It's so much more than the walks and the runs. And the research that's done, you're cured by a drug that was helped funded by Komen. So at Komen Atlanta, we work to fight breast cancer on two fronts. One on the local community level, through education and awareness, but also by providing women who could not afford access to services with those services. Because it's not enough to just talk about the need for breast health if we know that there are people in our community that cannot afford these screenings. So we provide tens of thousands of these screenings every year to women without insurance, women that don't have transportation to get there, that may not speak the language. Um, So we're really at work in our own community. Right now we have about $1.6 million at work right now providing these services. But because we're also looking for the cures, we also fund cutting-edge breast cancer research. And there is no larger funder of breast cancer research in the world other than the federal government than Susan G. Komen. And that makes me really proud. And one great thing, we just released our new grants slate for um, research was about $36 million, which is a ton of money, but 450000 of that came right back to Georgia Tech to this um, 
fabulous researcher whom I just met named Dr. Susan Thomas, who's doing some cutting-edge nanotechnology research that will hopefully help with breast cancer immunology. So essentially, all of the money that we raise right here in Atlanta is staying right here in Atlanta to further the cause. Talk to us about, and I sort of bullet point hit some of the high points about this region, especially the metropolitan Atlanta area, and why there is a need for the work of Coleman Atlanta and the millions of dollars that stay here and help the women in this community. So we just finished a community needs assessment. It took us 18 months to complete the process. We started off with a lot of data, just the numbers, and then we went out into the community and talked to people to see if you're getting your screenings, great. Did you have any barriers to get them? If you're not getting your screenings, why not? We also talked to medical providers to see what barriers to care they saw. And then we put everything together in what we're calling our community profile that drives everything that we do. And here's what we know. Breast cancer rates in Metro Atlanta are higher than they are in Georgia as a whole and higher than they are in the United States as a whole. But late stage diagnosis rates and mortality rates are also significantly higher. And then we know further that they're significantly higher with African-American women. So it focuses us in acutely on the communities that need us the most. Um, So we're rolling out some new programs. We're strengthening some other programs that we already had in place to make sure that all of our education and awareness materials are culturally competent and are reaching the right communities that really need us. And then we're going out and providing these education services and actually giving access to the services so that everyone can detect it early. I'm about to ask a question that I should know the answer to, but I don't. What impact does the Affordable Care Act have on women and access to mammography? So the Affordable Care Act has improved access to mammography for insured women. But we have to think about the area in which we live. There are a lot of uninsured women, and men too. And there are gaps in care for them. So that is mainly the population that Komen works with, people that aren't insured, a lot of working poor that just don't have insurance, um, making sure that they don't have to make a decision between whether they're going to pay for a mammogram or put food on the table for their family for a week. Because that's, not a, that's an easy decision for them to make. Absolutely. They're going to put that food on the table. Right. So let's say a woman does a self-exam because we never know who's listening and who may have access to care, may not have access to care, may have insurance, may be underinsured and discovers something that mm, just doesn't feel right in a self-exam. And maybe for the first time now is hearing of Komen and that you all provide access to mammography for people who cannot afford it or don't have access to it. How does a woman get to you guys to get that? So all she needs to do is call our office, tell us what county she lives in, and we will send her to a screening um, facility that is close to her, and we will pay for her service. So our phone number is 404-814-0052, and it's as easy as that. We don't ask information about anything other than do you have insurance, yes or no, and where do you live so that we can get you to a place that makes the most sense for you. That just sounds ridiculously simple. There has to be a hiccup there. I think I have a problem. I don't know where to go. I call you. You make an appointment for me to go see somebody near me, and and I'm getting help. That's it. It's as easy as that, and we do that for 10,000 women every year. 
and we should make that number grow. How do people get involved and help working with Komen Atlanta? There's so many ways to get involved with Komen. Obviously, um, providing financial support for us so that we can go out and do this work, we really appreciate that. But we work with over 600 volunteers every year as well. Um, so you can go to our website, which is komenatlanta.org, and learn of all the ways that we need volunteers throughout the year. You can support our events. But right now, I think the main call to action I would put out there is the best way you can help Komen and everyone in your community is to not only take care of yourself as it relates to your own breast awareness, but talk to your friends and family about their health to make sure that people are taking care of, of each other. If we detect breast cancer early or any disease early, we're going to have better outcomes. We need to drive the conversation. And what, again, should our reaction be to the news that we heard earlier this month that uh, it's not necessary to go get screened. Uh, you can wait until you're 45 and and then, you know, go every other year. And, and it's it's really not that important. I'm so concerned that women will use these new recommendations as an excuse to not get screened. Let me tell you, only 50% of women in the United States that are eligible for screenings even have them to begin with. So to now tell them, oh, don't worry, you can just wait another five years is really concerning. And in an area like Atlanta, where women are being diagnosed at later stage, early detection is key. So do not wait. And it's more about, it's more than just self-exam. It's also self breast, breast self-awareness. So know what your breasts look like. Has one changed in shape? Do you have a rash? Are things different there? Anything that is different, go talk to someone about it. And if you don't have someone to go talk to about it, call the Komen office. Does the data give us any insight as to why metropolitan Atlanta area has such a greater incidence of late diagnosis, such a greater incidence of, well, I, I can understand a higher incidence among African-American women because there's strong population here, but, you know, why the numbers for this part of, for our city are just so bad? Well, it's just what you said as it relates to African-American women. We also have a high Latina population, which is the second community most in need from a breast cancer awareness standpoint here. Um, if you think about our immigrant population, they're not necessarily aware of resources that are available. There aren't enough resources where people speak Spanish. Um, so we're working very hard in that community, too, to make sure that our materials are as good as they can be to reach them, and then also making sure that we are able to send them to some great health care providers right here in Atlanta that speak their language and can talk to them and counsel them in the way that they can best receive the information. Um, we also have a high immigrant population from other countries, mm -hmm. and our LGBTQ population has very high breast cancer needs and poor outcomes as well. Again, all back to making sure that there are facilities available to provide screenings for these individuals in a way that makes them feel comfortable. You're five and a half years cancer-free. Um, you're doing great work for Komen. What's next for you? Gosh, um, I'm going to continue to live a long and happy life and continue to work to help other women just like me because breast cancer changed my life for the better. I'm happier. I appreciate every day. I make bolder decisions to make myself happy. And I want to encourage other people to do the same thing. But bottom line, I want people to not be afraid of breast cancer because I want to run it out of town. What is your risk of reoccurrence at this point? I had a very aggressive form of breast cancer. Mm -hmm. So the on paper, 
um, it would say that it's a pretty high risk. Oh. But luckily for me, I had what's called a complete response from chemotherapy, meaning that once they took the breast off and did the pathology, the chemotherapy eradicated every bit of invasive cancer that I had. So I feel pretty good that uh, I'm going to be having the same conversation with you um, 10 years, 20 years, 25 years. I'd be years. excited to do that, too. I want you to do something else. And this is going to sound like a silly question, but we're women. We've got our things about our hair. We're vain. We are... There are a lot of dumb reasons why a woman might choose her vanity over her health or her life. Tell her not to do that. You're right. Um, your, <laughs> your, your life is important, and you have to think about where you're going and where you would rather spend your time. And I would much rather you spend your time in the doctor's office having a mammogram than spend your time at the beauty shop looking beautiful because yeah because I can just I I can't imagine honestly I can't imagine that during the period of time when you were fighting that aggressive form of cancer the surgeries the chemotherapy the daily radiation I mean those had to have been very very difficult times for you Katie I mean I'm sure you were just you were optimistic when you you knew you wanted to be but it wasn't all peaches and cream. It wasn't, but I was lucky and I was able to work pretty much full time the entire time because I'm absolutely one of the most stubborn people you'll ever meet. Um, and it gave me something else to really focus on. I didn't want to think about it all the time and I wanted to continue to live my life. But I'm also a little bit unique in that I owned the whole process. So when I lost my hair, I was just bald. Um, and I, it was just out there for anyone to see. And just tried to get as much out of the experience as I possibly could. And I, I really remember setting an intention at the beginning saying, when this is all over, I want to come out, at least in my own mind, as a better person with more focus. And I feel like I accomplished that, which is the best accomplishment I've, that I've ever enjoyed. Where do you get that steely resolve that you have? I have always had it, and then my daddy will tell you that I have always had it. I'm sort of a put-my-mind-to-it kind of girl. Um, but, yeah, I think it's just innate in me. So you were, you were going to beat it no matter what? I was going to beat it no matter what. I, I was diagnosed. The very day I was diagnosed, I called the doctor and said, great, when are we starting? Tomorrow? The next day? Let's do it. And the, that's just my personality. That's how I attack problems. And I'm a, feel like I'm a problem solver. And breast cancer was just one more problem I had to overcome in order to get you know, my life going. We're talking to Katie Diamondstone. She's the executive director of Coleman Atlanta here. And we're, we're talking about breast cancer. We're talking about breast cancer awareness, even though it's November 1st. And we're talking about the difference between the revised guidelines for mammography and screening that were released earlier, well, not this month, but last month by the Cancer Society, and what the guidelines are that Coleman put out. I want you to share those guidelines that Coleman released once again that you want women to abide by, especially women here in Atlanta. Yes, and I want to be clear, the Coleman screening guidelines have not changed. They are a clinical breast exam, which is the touch exam, every three years starting at the age of 20, and then every year starting at the age of 40, and then a screening mammogram starting at the age of 40 unless you are of higher risk and you and your doctor decide you should start your screening mammograms earlier. The other thing we talked about, if a woman discovers something, does not have access to health care, does not have, have the insurance to pay for the mammography, how to call you guys, how you will make an appointment for her to be treated if it turns out to be something. And the patient is not the fighter that you are who says that that day, okay, when are we going to get started? Are there other services that Coleman can provide us 
and meet us wherever we are going through that journey. Absolutely. And one of the most important things that we fund right now is called navigation. We want people to have access to an expert, a resource, who can help get them from the screening all the way to a diagnosis and through their treatment. Someone that will keep you accountable, make sure that you actually show up for your appointments, that you don't fall out of the continuum of care because you're afraid. Someone who can help you with transportation or childcare or any of those things that you might need along that way. And that's something that Komen is putting a lot of resources behind right here in Atlanta. But I want to back up because if if you're a woman who needs a screening mammogram or a clinical breast exam and you don't feel anything, still call us so that we can get you in for a screening. So we work with women who have symptoms that we say or women that don't um, because you can't always detect everything just from feeling something in your breast. Better to know and do something about it. Absolutely. People want to get involved. How do they contact you? How do they get in contact with Komen Atlanta? So the best way would be to go to our website at comenatlanta.org, which will give you a breadth of information about breast cancer, but also about Komen Atlanta and the work that we are doing, and so that you can see where your expertise and your volunteer skills might be able to um, jump in to help with an event or to do speaking engagements on our behalf or just to help spread the word about the need for breast health or to make a donation, um, which those dollars would all stay right here in Metro Atlanta to help your own neighbors. Absolutely. Katie Diamondstone, you are a rock star. Thanks for coming by. Thank you so much for having me. Once again, I do really want to say thank you to Katie Diamond Stone from Coleman Atlanta for coming in and talking to us about some very important things women listening and you men who love your women need to know about breast health going forward. Now, in case you're just joining us, most of you waking up need to know it is an hour earlier than you think it is. Yeah, what are you doing up? Get that extra hour of sleep. Most of us are falling back into standard time and enjoying that hour that we're deprived of from spring until now. Change came about 2 a.m. Usually you should have set your clock back an hour last night. We're moving one hour of daylight from morning to evening. Now, we do that here in Georgia, but did you know the people in Hawaii, most of Arizona, and a number of U.S. territories do not change because, well, they don't observe daylight saving time. Uh, It's a good reminder, too, if you haven't already done so, change the batteries in your smoke alarms. Uh, We'll go back to daylight saving time again on the second Sunday in March of next year. That's March 13th, but let's just enjoy the sleep we've got right now. Again, today is Sunday, November 1st. Congratulations to Ebony Magazine celebrating an anniversary in 1945. Ebony Magazine was first published. Uh, 60 days left in the year. Today is All Saints Day, of course, last night being Halloween. Celebrating some birthdays today, golfer Gary Player is 80, Bill Anderson 78, magazine publisher Larry Flint turning 73, Apple CEO Tim Cook. Now, there's someone who has changed everyone's life, actually, Steve Jobs and now Tim Cook. He's 55 today. Want to leave you with a thought on this first day of November. People who bite the hand that feeds them, usually lick the boot that kicks them. That from Eric Hoffer, an American author and philosopher who lived from 1902 to 1983. Again, this is Perspectives. We want to say thanks again for joining us. Come back again this same time next week. I've got three very exciting guests that I think you're going to enjoy their stories. Perspectives is a half hour we produce with you in mind. If there's something you think we ought to be talking about, let me hear from you. Tweet me. My handle is Condo29 on Twitter. 
or leave a message on our Facebook page. We do appreciate your listening and hope you'll be back next week at this same time as we examine another perspective. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.